Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Abandonment to Divine Providence by Jean-Pierre de Caussade, Book 2, Chapter 2, Section 3, The Different Duties of Abandonment, Continued. Perfection consists essentially, as we have already said, in the gift of our whole self to God to be used as he thinks fit. Well, the good pleasure of God makes use of us in two ways. Either it compels us to perform certain actions, or simply works within us. We therefore submit also in two ways, either by the faithful accomplishment of its clearly defined orders, or else by a simple and passive submission to its impressions of either pleasure or pain. Abandonment implies all this, being nothing else but a perfect submission to the order of God as made manifest at the present moment. It matters little to the soul in what manner it is obliged to abandon itself and what the present moment contains. All that is absolutely necessary is that it should abandon itself unreservedly. There are then prescribed duties to be fulfilled and necessary duties to be accepted. And further, there is a third kind which also forms part of active fidelity, although it does not properly belong to works of precept. In this are comprised inspired duties, those to which the Spirit of God inclines the hearts that are submissive to him. The accomplishment of this duty requires a great simplicity, a gentle and cheerful readiness, a soul easily moved by every breath of directing grace. For there is nothing else to do but to give oneself up and to obey its inspirations simply and freely, so that souls may not be deceived. God never fails to give them wise guidance to indicate with what liberty or reserve these inspirations should be made use of. The third kind of duty takes precedence of all law, formalities, and marked-out rules. It is what in saints appears singular and extraordinary. It is what regulates their vocal prayer, interior words, the perception of their faculties, and also all that makes their lives noble, such as austerities, zeal, and the prodigality of their self-devotion for others. As all this belongs to the interior rule of the Holy Spirit, no one ought to try to obtain it, to imagine that they have it, to desire it, nor to regret that they do not possess the grace to undertake this kind of work and to practice these uncommon virtues, because they are only really meritorious when practiced according to the direction of God. If one is not content with this reserve, one lays oneself open to the influence of one's own ideas and will become exposed to illusion. It is necessary to remark that there are souls that God keeps hidden and little in their own eyes and in the eyes of others. 
far from giving them striking qualities, his design for them is that they should remain in obscurity. They would be deceived if they desired to attempt a different way. If they are well instructed, they will recognize that fidelity to their nothingness is their right path, and they will find peace in their lowliness. The only difference, therefore, in their way and that of apparently more favored souls is the difference they make for themselves by the amount of their love and submission to the will of God. For if they surpass in these virtues the souls that appear to work more than they exteriorly, their sanctity is, without doubt, so much the greater. For if they surpass in these virtues the souls that appear to work more than they exteriorly, their sanctity is, without doubt, so much the greater. This shows that each soul ought to content itself with the duties of its state and the overruling of providence. Clearly, God exacts this equally from all. As to attraction and the impressions received by the soul, these are given by God alone to whom he pleases. One must not try to produce them oneself, nor to make efforts to increase them. Natural effort is in direct opposition and quite contrary to infused inspirations, which should come in peace. The voice of the divine spouse will awaken the soul, which should only proceed according to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. For if they were to act according to its own ideas, the soul would make no progress. Therefore, if it should feel neither attraction nor grace to do those things that make the saint so much admired, it must in justice to itself say, God has willed it thus for saints, but not for me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What is this third kind of duty that takes precedence over everything else? Well, there are the duties of our state in life, the duties that we have to, ex to carry out. That's the first kind. Then there are the duties to be accepted. Those things the Lord allows to happen to us that we're called to do. This is the passive and active sides of fidelity in which perfection consists. And what is this third kind of duty? Well, it's the kind of duty that comes from the special inspiration of the Holy Spirit. 
It's a kind of active fidelity in a way. It's the inspired duties that the Spirit of God inclines the hearts to do that are submissive to him. The Spirit breathes and blows where he wills. And these kind of duties cannot be aimed at. They cannot be achieved on our own. They can't be obtained by our efforts. They shouldn't be imagined to be had in us. They shouldn't even be desired. For these are the duties that the Holy Spirit asks of some of us at times for the glory of the church, for the raising up of souls for God. The point is that we have to do whatever God asks of us, whether of precept or of inspiration. Think back to the introduction to the devout life. The devout soul not only keeps the commandments, the devout soul wants to keep whatever inspirations God sends. Think of the three magi on Epiphany. These three men were inspired by the Holy Spirit, represented by the star, to set out, to search, to find the Savior. Those three men probably did not realize, especially at the beginning, that they would represent every single non-Jewish person who would ever come to believe in Jesus. Just as the shepherds represent the calling of the Jewish people, so the Magi represent the calling of the non-Jewish people. And according to the Old Testament, the world is divided up into two groups, the chosen people and then the nations, the Gentiles. And so around the crib of Christ, all nations are called. Every single person is called into a relationship with Jesus Christ because he in his incarnation, united in a mysterious way to his divine person, every single human person. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. And those three magi who represent all of us, who are called to leave where we've been raised to set out on an interior journey to find Christ, who are called to search the Old Testament as they did for the meaning of Christ, who are called in joy to fall down before Christ, to kneel before him, to offer ourselves in adoration, to offer him our prayers, are also called like they were to go home by another route, called like they are to change our lives by the power given to us by Christ. And we are called as they were to be assigned to others. And the point is that that inspiration and what they had to do could not be aimed at or sought for. It can't be controlled. But there's a duty to follow it. And so what we want to take from tonight's reading is this. 
We are called not only to become holy ourselves, we're called to help other people get holy. And the Holy Spirit wants to make use of us. And what he's asking of us is a willingness to accept whatever he calls us to do. For just as the Holy Spirit shaped the body of Christ in the womb of the Virgin Mary, so the Holy Spirit is shaping the mystical body of Christ, the church. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.